What's up, Farmers? Welcome to the Farm Athletic Company podcast. I am your host, Andrea Warner. I am also the co-owner and co-founder of Farm Athletic Company. If you would like more information on us, please visit our website at www.farmathleticco.com. And now, on to today's show. What's up, Farmers? Welcome to the Farm Athletic Company podcast for this week. I have the astute pleasure of hanging out and chatting with the Jen Cannon. Oh, thank you. What's up, Jen? <laughs> uh, you know, lots of stuff. Are, are you super excited for this? Because, you know, I gave you a big heads up on what we're going to talk about. Oh, yeah. Major heads up. I'm like <laughs> so prepared. <laughs> As in, I told you nothing. Right. So what I want to really talk about with you and what I'm dying for you to tell everybody is basically your whole life story. Oh, okay. <laughs> Predominantly your story with us. Mm-hmm. So you have been with us for literally since we opened, I believe. I think you joined us in 2012. Yes, that year that you opened, later that year. Maria and I, when she was 11 turning 12, that, that August, September. Which is crazy frame. because she's now, what, 22 turning 20? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah, 22 turning 23. It's crazy. Like, that's like a whole nother life. That's <laughs> It is. insane that we've known you guys for that long. I know. And been a part of your family for that long. That's so great. Yes. It's awesome. We opened in May of 2012. Yep. So you've been with us since not too long after that. Right. And you came to us as a triathlete, if I remember correctly. Right. Doing triathlons. Full triathlons, sprint triathlons? Sprint and Olympic distances. Nice. How was that going at the time? It was fine. Um, when we moved here, we hadn't, had, uh, we hadn't joined a club to swim at. So we were keeping up with the biking and running, but that was it. You yeah. Know, so we, uh, and so we still did triathlons. <laughs> we kind of winged it. Now, I've never done a triathlon. Swimming's the hardest part? Uh, it depends who you are. Yeah, and and what your background is and um, your strengths, kind of like anything, like functional fitness, CrossFit, or this, what we're doing, depends on your strengths. My strength was definitely biking. That was Sherry's strength. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, Yeah, because Sherry was a triathlete as well. So you guys were in the same boat as far as that concerned. Yes. I've never, like I said, I've never done a triathlon. I really don't, I've never had the desire to. Oh, they're so fun. However, I am (laughs) not, we'll just say I'm just not a good swimmer. We'll yeah. put it that way. So uh, to me, the swimming part of it seems super intimidating. Yeah. Like especially the open water. Mm-hmm. With swim. the waves. Mm. Yes. Mm-mm. That could be, um, yes, very anxiety-ridden experience. <laughs> it's given me anxiety and I've never done it. <laughs> you yes. guys can have it. So prior to triathlons and coming to see us, you are a retired Army veteran, mm-hmm. correct? Yes. What did you do in the Army? Uh, I was a finance officer. When could you be in all smart and stuff? <laughs> well, that's because I got the big re- red reject um, stamp on my medical to become a helicopter pilot. That's what I really wanted to do in the Army, but my medical came back because of uh, stigmatism in my eye, which at the time they didn't need female pilots, so they were being really tough on their standards, mm. you know. So, you know. Two years later, though, they're like, we need female pilots. Please become a pilot. And I was like, too bad. I'm, I'm already in my finance career. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Too bad. I'm already doing all the finances for all of the Army things. Yes. So I'm out. You lost <laughs> exactly. it. 
So you're in the Army for how long? For six years, but only two years active, and then four years reserve slash National Guard, depending on where we, where we were living at the time. So. Nice. And you're one of three coaches now that we have that are retired Army. You, Max, yeah. and Coach Eric. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> I don't want to say army. go army because we're ha like also surrounded by all the Navy people as well. So yes, um, member. They're just members though. <laughs> go, go military. Oh yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> just kidding. So we love you, Navy. <laughs> you're, you're all good friends. Yes. Until we play football against you and then. Yeah. And, yeah, exactly. And then there's a thing. So <laughs> you walk into our lives in 2012 and I say this mutually because as much as Maybe you feel that you changed our life. We feel that you changed our life because oh, you not only were you an amazing client and member and now coach, you've also been an amazing friend to us for so long. Yeah. So that's been a really cool part of our journey with you is anytime, like I know that if I need anything, Jen Cannon's at the top of my list. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Which, is, <laughs> which is something that I feel is really cool in the job that we do. And getting to know people. Mm -hmm. Very cool part. So you start with us as we were a CrossFit gym. Yep. And we were a very small CrossFit gym. Yes. A whopping 1,500 square feet. I like to call it the closet. Yes. Back when we all worked out in the closet. <laughs> so yes. for those of you who have never been to our original space, 1,500 square feet, imagine um, a small shop where you have one glass front door. You have one service back door, yep, and that's it. And it's a concrete building. Right. And you want to talk about the hottest, most humid place <laughs> on the planet. Yes. And that was it. And like, how many people working in that, working out in that, along the walls? <laughs> we could fit in that small room. We could fit fourteen people. Yes. In that room, we fit seven on one side, seven on the other, and we'd run boxes right down the middle. Yep. Everybody else had to be out in the front parking lot. Mm-hmm. Out on the back grass area. <laughs> right. So, and it's not like we had roll up doors. Right. So it was, it was very yeah. tight there for a while. Yeah, it was, it was fine with me. I didn't know anything different. So I just took it as a fun place to be, you know what <laughs> I mean? Cause I just loved it and I loved you guys. So yeah. And you know, for those of us that come from competitive backgrounds, mm -hmm. you know, myself with the sports that I played, Sherry is a triathlete you as a triathlete, a military background, like coming into that environment for us was just like, hey, this is where we belong. Right. It was like natural, like showing up to practice. Yes. And hey, let's do this thing. Yeah. And we're crammed in this little bitty room. We're all sweating our butts off. And it's funny because as we've expanded over the years, we have this ongoing joke that we all still huddled together. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, we got all work out next to each other. And like mesh on top of each other. So uh, two years, 2014. We expand from 1,500 square feet to 3,200 square feet. You were a big part of that. Yes. Going to that big transition. Yeah. Do you remember how it felt going from the closet into <laughs> a bigger was, space? It was very exciting. It was um, just because I knew that membership was growing and more and more people wanted to do this. And it was, it was exciting to share that with new people. And we could do that by expanding. So, and it was just so pretty. It was so like, um, <laughs> like repainted and the new rig in the middle. That was really cool. Mm -hmm. And um, 
yeah, it was, it was very exciting. And we went from having one service door in the front to having two service doors in the front, <laughs> or two glass doors in the front, two service doors in the back. Yep. Still no roll-up door, still no air conditioning, still roughly the hottest place on earth. Yes. Um, going from small place to big place, I mean, you've been with us through not only building changes, you've been with us through programming changes, you've yes. been with us through a rebranding, you've been with us through a move, you've been with us through everything. Like you've, it's like, we've watched your you and your kids grow, yeah. you've watched us, almost us as kids grow as well. Right. So going from being a member and CrossFitting to stepping into the role of a coach. Yes. When did you start coaching for us? Do you remember the year? Mm, 20, fall of, 2018, I think, or was it 2019? It was before COVID. It had to be 18. Yeah. I think it was a while before COVID. I think it was 18 too. Perfect. Neither one of us remember exactly. So we're <laughs> going to say 2018. Fantastic. Yes. It's just, you've been a part of us for so long that yes. it's like when you started coaching is, is hard to remember. So right. here's, here's a good question. Do you remember what it felt like to start coaching as opposed to taking the class? <laughs> yes. I remember like being, I, I remember being extra nervous because everybody knew me just as an athlete. And then going into that coaching leadership role of a class was very nerve wracking just because how are they going to look at me now? Are they going to take me seriously? Are they going to analyze every single word I say and every single movement I do just because they already know me as an athlete? Mm -hmm. um, it was like, are they going to respect me as a coach versus because they just know me as an athlete? Um, it was nerve wracking. Yeah. Yeah, it was. <laughs> and you know, for you to say that is, is awesome. And the reason why I say that is because you started in 2012. Yeah. You had been training with us, working out with us, you have been competing in CrossFit. So right. let's not fail to mention that you finished like, I don't know, top 50 in the world <laughs> in the open in your age group, like multiple years in a row. Mm -hmm. So like, you're really good at pretty much everything you do. That's why I call you the Jen Cannon because like, <laughs> like anything Jen touches, touches turns the gold. Yeah, it's like, you're just that. good at what you do. You're naturally God giftedly athletic. Yes. You. Thank you, God. Yeah, <laughs> thank you, God you just get things done. Mm -hmm. And it's like, and by the way, I never see you walk anywhere. Like I, anytime you see Jen Cannon, she's always running. She runs in, she runs out. She's like always running to the next spot. Always something to do. There's always <laughs> something to do. So you'd been with us for six years mm -hmm. at a very high level, competed at a high level, competed at um, competitions here in town, yes. competed at Sweatfest, won events. So for you to say that you're nervous going from being an athlete and being in class and you being coached to stepping to what I like to say is the other side of the marker. Yes. And now you're the coach and everybody's looking at you and suddenly it's not, it's not so easy. Right. Right. It's like you don't just walk in and you're like, Oh, here I am. Right. Yeah. And okay. Let's start this. <laughs> yeah. I've been doing this for so long. I know exactly what to do because doing it and explaining it are yes. very different. Very different. Yep. And, you know, one of our big things is being able to explain the why. Right. So exactly. talk about, tell me about how 
you evolved as a coach. Like you went from being scared to death and nervous yeah. to how did that progress over time? Yes. So I was able to shadow before I actually started, which was a plus. <laughs> and um, I, it was nice because I never felt like pressured by you guys to, to start coaching alone. I was like, okay, I'm going to shadow. And then, and then there was a point where I'm like, okay, I should probably tell them I'm okay. And I think maybe you said something first, but I was like, yeah, it, you know, just pull the bandaid off and let's go. <laughs> let's do it. <laughs> so that was nice. Um, and then it was a, um, a lot of still me studying all different coaches' styles, um, the movements, of course, and different ways that people inside the gym moved, people on the internet moved, along with how the coaches dealt with those people in the gym, the coaches in our gym, and also coaches outside the gym, like on the internet. So there was continued research. Um, I mean, there still is. And so whenever I take, I mean, I'm, I'm coaching, then I will research those movements and I'll figure out, you know, what's a sticking point or what's a main point or the why, of course. Yeah. So it is a constant evolution, I feel like. Um, each year I feel more and more confident, and, but that's because I get to work with people like you. <laughs> and like all your expertise and, and all, all of the coaches, right? Um, all of their expertise I learn from. So I'm very observant of everybody. <laughs> and, you know, that's the thing about being a coach is that you're, none of us believe that we're ever at that top level. Right. You know, Absolutely. there's, there's always somebody that knows more than us. Yes. Right? Whether it's someone that we work with, because we all bring different valuable insight and different gifts to the table, right. whether it's somebody on the internet, whether it's online courses, so on and so forth, there's always people and things to learn from. Yep. And one of the things that I really like that you said is how to handle people mm -hmm. because oh, that's yeah. a, that's a big part of our job. Heck yeah. Because you can know, you can go to all of the courses and learn 72 different ways how to squat. Mm -hmm. But if you don't know how to talk to people. Yes, absolutely. Then we're in trouble. Yes. Cause it's very much a people business. And I think what a lot of coaches get really screwed up on is that they forget that this is providing a service. Right. Like every person walking in the door is a customer and we're here to provide them a service. Yes. And that service is for us, it's education of health and movement, mm -hmm. which is part of our mission statement. Yes. And so while we're standing in class, we're evaluating how do I need to talk to and treat this person because those people are constantly giving us feedback. Mm -hmm. So if somebody walks in the door and they're having a bad day and they, it's happened a lot, you know, they snap. It's like, okay, do I continue with this person? How do I handle this person? You might have to handle them a little bit more delicately than the person who walks in the door and is like, Hey, I'm ready to go. I want you to tell me these 52,000 different things, you know, be super picky on me. Yep. I want you to tell me to go or tell me to stop or whatever. Yep. Each person has to be handled differently. Absolutely. Yes. They're and all individuals. And, and that's different a huge athletes. learning experience. Yes, absolutely. Yep. And what one thing works for one athlete doesn't work for all. So you have to be creative and 
and coming up for different athlete, a cue or a tone or a different movement or whatever. So, but even just simple cues like can make all the difference. Yeah. So. You say shoulders back to one person. The next person you say that to is going to do something totally different. Right. So they're right. Be like, what? Yes. I don't get it. So yeah, you have to be mm-hmm. very creative in, in all aspects right. of coaching. And you know, as far as coaching is concerned, there isn't one best way to do it. Yeah. We all, let's see, there's eight of us here. Mm-hmm. And depending on who you get for class, we're all going to do this thing differently. Even though we're all coaching the same movements all day long, the way mm-hmm. that I do it is different than the way you're going to coach it is different than the way Sherry's going to coach it, different than the way Aaron's going to coach it. And that's what makes this thing so great. Yes, absolutely. Is that I'm going to walk in and tell these people to deadlift like this. Mm-hmm. You're going to walk in and tell them to deadlift like this. And just that one simple little difference might be what that person needed to be like, oh, right. I've been struggling with my deadlift for so long. And Jen walks in and says, hey, do this. Right. And whether it's a difference in the tone of voice, whether it's a difference in the words, it doesn't matter what the difference is. Whatever it was that you did, yeah. that person was like, yep, yeah. I got it. And that's what's part of, part of what makes our job so fulfilling. Right, right, exactly. Yeah, is, so even though I'm a, like a group coach, I think of my people in class as individuals just so that I could serve them each because I know they're coming in each with their own thing going on, you know, so yeah. throughout yeah, the day. Exactly. And even though, and you know, even though they're coming in and taking a group class, they still get greeted individually. Hey, how's it going? Hey, how you feeling? Hey, what's going on? Right. But that leads me to the a next point that's been on my mind. It's actually been on my mind for a long time, like years. But we'll just go ahead and spit it out now. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. I don't know that you're ready for this, Jen. <laughs> yeah. As coaches, we are we are coaches and we are human beings, yes. and we are not mind readers. Right. And there is a level of communication that has to happen back and forth between between coach and client. Yes. So it'd be no different than if you walked in and you're like, hey, how are you? And I'm like, good. I'd be like, that's not really good, is it, Andrea? They're like, <laughs> okay. And I'm like, no, 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 I'm fine. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, if I don't tell you exactly what's bothering me, like, how are you supposed to know? Right. And, you know, this has happened for years. I've actually had this conversation with multiple people like, hey, I'm, I might be a decent coach but I'm a really bad mind reader. Ah, yes. That's a good line. (laughs) I am really bad at it. Yeah. I'm like, so sometimes I I need you to tell me what's happening so that I can help. So from a a coach-client relationship, Mm -hmm. that part of coaching is difficult. Yes, it is. Have you you encountered any of that? Yeah, a little bit. It's hard to know when to, you know, ask a little further and when not to, um, just because, you know, being on the other side as an athlete, I'm like, well, sometimes I always think they don't want to hear my story or they don't want to hear my sob story or whatever, you know, my difficulties, my heart or whatever. So I'm like, I'll just let it go. 
<laughs> work it out in the workout. Um, but on the other hand, like as a coach, I do want to, you know, well, first of all, that personal relationship, but also to know, you know, what's going on to know how to coach them through this class that they came to, to feel better. Yeah. So, so yeah, it is, it's, it's difficult though. It is very difficult. When they and don't want to say anything. <laughs> and you know, there's a lot of times in a group setting where, because as coaches, I don't care how good you are as a coach. You could be the best of the best of the best. If you have someone that has a very individualized problem, that's really hard to address in a group setting. Mm -hmm. So if you have someone who has a really angry elbow, right. and they just keep rubbing their elbow, and what's programmed for the day is all elbow intensive stuff, pull-ups, rows, yep. push-ups, whatever, and they keep rubbing their elbow and they're getting more and more frustrated, you're also responsible for 15 other people in the room. Exactly. So you can't walk over and write out and give personalized, individualized attention to someone long enough to address their elbow issue mm -hmm. while also taking care of the other 15 people in the room. Right. So all you, the best a coach can do, the best of the best any coach can do is say, hey, instead of this, do this. Mm -hmm. But that's not solving the problem. Right. Right, which is part of the reason why we have our personal training yep. stuff. Because that is where we address those individual problems and yes. we allow the group to be a group. Yeah. Yes. And if it's an ongoing problem, absolutely. So sometimes I have to figure out, has this been going on for a while? Yeah. <laughs> or not, you know, and, or if it's just like a all of a sudden thing. Yeah. Let's see how it goes. Speaking of elbows. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Let's talk about elbows. Let's talk about a foot. Yeah. So Sherry and I have talked about it on our podcast. Like it's we have, I have not, I've put it on my social media that I, you know, I have not hidden the fact that we went through injuries. Yes. When we went through hard times. Sherry's much more difficult than mine, tearing a shoulder and ex still being expected to be a coach and do things like pull-ups, muscle-ups, that expectation can right. send people into a very deep, dark depression, mm -hmm. right? For you, going through your competitive times yes. I've seen you with an angry shoulder yes I've seen you with a fired up elbow yes. I've seen you in a boot right let's talk about Jen Cannon the athlete yes <laughs> um, yes I've had all those things when we were doing those uh, doing CrossFit competitively and I just loved competing and I loved CrossFit so much I just those were just extraneous details. <laughs> <laughs> they were they were they were risks that we were willing to take. Yes, exactly. We knew that they were possible and we accepted that that was part of the journey. Right. Right? Yeah. Um let's talk about your foot. Mm-hmm. What happened you strained, I, tore like I just strained um the plantar on the bottom of the foot. It wasn't plantar fasciitis, it was the, in the middle of the sole of the foot. And um, it was while it was a um, jump rope, while well, we were still CrossFit, um, jump rope, box step ups with weight workout. And it just like, 
like, you know, just a harsh pain. And I tried to just let it go. I tried to just let it heal on its own, but nothing worked until I stopped and let that foot heal itself. Put it, put, I put it in a boot. Yeah. And let it do its job. And since then it hasn't ever bothered me again, but that was also the time that we were slowly changing our programming. You know what I mean? It was like the beginning of of what we do now, yeah, which I think helps a lot. Yeah, yes. absolutely. And it also helped with my elbows. <laughs> elbows <laughs> and, plural. <laughs> and um, yeah, definitely my shoulder, and and my knee was always so. I had um, ACL surgery back when I played soccer before, long before CrossFit. But um, so I had ACL surgery, and I recovered from that. But um, I never had full range of motion in it, and it always bothered me. CrossFit helped out a lot with not hurting, Mm -hmm. but my range of motion was still very poor, even through CrossFit. But now I have almost like full range of motion both ways in that knee, and it doesn't hurt ever. You know what I mean? So it's fantastic. It is awesome. (laughs) So what I'm getting at is like this programming. I'm definitely feeling much better. Right. And it's, um, it's, a, it's an hour that I could come when I do workout to know that I'm not going to be broken down to pieces. Yeah. And then I can like plan things afterwards <laughs> through my day. So it's, it's been a godsend. Yes. Oh, awesome. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we've done, you know, we, we train to compete and we train to play in sport. Which I love. And which we love. Yeah. Um, you and I are both very competitive by nature. You yes. have been on more than one of my teams. Yes. <laughs> which yes. is a very special feat. So right. to anyone who's ever been on a team with me, I just deeply apologize. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I, no, it's so fun. It's an honor. <laughs> uh, no, Some people might disagree with that, for sure. I am not the nicest teammate. I'm, my over-competitiveness definitely took over on more than one occasion. <laughs> so to all of those that I yelled at and potentially pushed and or kicked, I deeply apologize. <laughs> yeah. Tim's the only one that's like, it was great. <laughs> yeah. It was great. Because I totally understand. <laughs> <laughs> Melissa's listening to this podcast going, it sucks. <laughs> Awful. Never again. <sighs> but we, we trained for sport. Yeah. And we knew that every day when we came into the gym, we were training to try to be better for competition. Right. We had this end goal in mind. Yep. Like it was the open and whatever came past the open. Definitely. Yes. Right. So every day we walked into the gym, it's like, what do I need to do today to be better for February, March, yep. whatever, whenever it was. That was like our eat, sleep, live, breathe for Mm -hmm. a couple of years. Yes. Actually. Yes. Shifting from training for sport and training for health look almost polar opposite. They -hmm. look very different. Right. Right. Because now we're not concerned with what do I need to do right now that's going to show up in competition that I need to be able to do a million reps of. Right. And still not be tired and then be able to do something even harder after that, whether it's a heavier weight, whether it's a more high skill gymnastics. Yep. 
there was always a stepping stone to that. Yep. So to, sh to shift our why from competition season and sport to longevity, like, hey, now the goal is like, I want to be pretty badass when I'm 65, <laughs> 70, yes. 80 years old. And by badass, I mean, like, I really don't need to squat clean 190 right. when I'm 65 years old. <laughs> However, what I'd like to be able to still be doing is squatting, deadlifting, going up and down the stairs without knee pain, yes. doing the things that I want to do in my daily life right. without having to worry about if my knees are going to make it, if my back is going to blow out picking up the laundry basket. Mm -hmm. Those are things that people really don't think about when they're in their, we'll say 30s and 40s, because in your 20s, you're, you're whatever. <laughs> yes, but Not thinking that. in your 30s and 40s, and the reason why I bring our 30s into it is because that's when sarcopenia starts, which mm -hmm. is age-related muscle loss. It starts in our 30s, mm -hmm. and it, it, I mean, it's there with us for the rest of our life. So each year we lose a percentage of our muscle mass if we're not paying attention. Right. And then suddenly you wake up and you're like, um, what the hell just happened? <laughs> yes. Like, yep. And people wake uh, people walk in here and they're like, so now I'm 46 and suddenly I don't recognize myself. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it happens faster than people realize. Oh, yes. So yes. for, let's talk about this. So for you and I. I'd like for you to discuss that switching from competitiveness into health, mm -hmm. how it felt for you, because there's also a range of emotions mm -hmm. that go with that. Yes. There is one of the hardest things for athletes to do is to say, okay. Yes, absolutely. It's time. There's a reason why NFL players retire and then come back and then retire mm -hmm. and then come back and retire. It's, it becomes part of our identity. Right. Like, hey, I've played sports my whole life. Yes. For me to say, okay, I'm ready for the next step, you almost have to, like, fight with that small identity loss. Mm-hmm. Yes. Let's talk about that. <laughs> yes. So, um, it was, yeah, so it was gradual enough for me, this whole, like, change you know, from CrossFit, hardcore CrossFit to longevity like we have now. So it was nice to be a part of the whole gradual couple years experience. So I was able to ingest it slowly because I didn't particularly like it at first. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Because I am competitive and I'm like, I love the whiteboard. I love going into that dark zone. I love... Um, getting like doing a little bit better than I did some other time, you know, with the same workout, um, just being competitive and wanting to compete all the time. You know, mm -hmm. that was like, that was just part of my daily life. And so, but slowly going into it and learning about all the benefits of this type of practice. Now this type of working out this longevity it's, it's just so much smarter and it's, I feel so much better, um, while still being able to do everything that I normally do on a, I mean, in a normal day. So, I mean, why wouldn't you want to do that? Right. <laughs> but I look back and I'm like, 
it was a little hard and it was it took me a while to um to just i guess accept but i was never against it i was always open because i remember at certain times thinking to myself <laughs> this is when we were in the hardcore crossfit competitions or competitive time how long is this going to go on for how long can i sustain this and it would come up every once in a while you know you have your good days and your bad days so right. that's why i was like how long am i going to be able to do this and i look back on the those days and i'm like you weren't going to be able to sustain this yeah. i remember having a conversation with sherry it was at the door one of those glass doors of the <laughs> old gym and just saying like how the the games athletes the older games athletes they are they're never really fully healthy and so we were talking about do we want to be not healthy but win or or even not necessarily win you know what i mean just trying to win all the time but not being healthy so what we really want and we were like are we really going to get to the games and all this stuff so yeah. it was kind of um eye opening you know and we were like we, i was definitely like okay you know that was another step towards you know yeah. accepting the gradual change in programming and um yeah and so i do definitely love now that it is i can come in and do an intense workout if i need to or if i want to or if i'm ready versus some days i just kind of do what i have to do but i'm never pressured to get a new record or go hard what i the only thing that i try to do all the time and that i feel is is okay now is to do things for form like do the form correctly mm -hmm. i don't have to get as many reps but i do need to do correct form so that is my goal now is to do it all full quality rather than how many reps can i do in, get, get and not necessarily do them all correctly or healthily. Yeah. That big healthily is what I'm trying to get at. Absolutely. And you know, there's such a huge misconception that well, Jen, um you only did 68 reps instead of 100. Right. So therefore, you didn't have as good of a workout as the person who did 100. So therefore, you didn't burn as many calories. So therefore, that person probably burned more fat and they're going to lose weight faster than you. Right. right. Is this yes. big mythical let's just talk about the elephant in the room yes right this person a who did 100 reps as fast as they could with whatever form mhm mm jen cannon standing here doing her 68 reps with amazing form right which one changes faster jen cannon jen cannon <laughs> that's right and jen cannon saying that not just because she's jen cannon but she's also saying that because she knows that in order to do things right you actually recruit more muscle fibers right the more muscle yes. fibers you recruit the more muscle the more lean muscle mass you build as long as your nutrition is in line with that right ergo the more calories you are going to burn over a longer period of time mm -hmm. the faster your body will change if you're looking for a recomposition let's say body fat percentage loss yep. muscle gain which we're all looking for as we age. Yeah. Men, women, the whole nine yards. You guys should be looking for lean muscle mass. Yes. To protect you well into 
your aging years. Exactly. The person over here who did 100 reps as fast as they could, sure, they did more reps than you. But if they did them all as fast as they could, they didn't control the lower, they used fewer muscle fibers, mm -hmm. they're actually going to get a diminishing return. Mm -hmm. They're not going to put on as much lean muscle mass. They're actually going to overload connective tissue, increasing their chance for injury, so on and so forth. It's going to take them longer to see results and they might be in more pain than Jen, who's over here doing her quality reps with her amazing form, even though she does less. Yeah. Right. right. Cheers to that. Now, sometimes, uh, you know, being so competitive, it hurts a little bit, but yeah. in the end, like, I'm like, well, why am I here? Why do I keep coming back? It's because I want to be healthy and, and burn those calories and this and that. So it's not that pressure of being the best anymore. It's, yeah. it's very yeah. and that, comforting. That <laughs> does become pressure because it doesn't matter what sport you play. Mm -hmm. So whether you and I have been talking about CrossFit, but this really pertains to every sport. Yeah. I just watched the Masters this past weekend with guys that were 63 years old, guys that were 19 years old. Yep. If you watch the difference in the ones coming up, the ones that are excelling in the middle, the ones that are 63 getting ready to retire, there's, there's a longevity in every sport. Mm -hmm. Golf, football, basketball, CrossFit, doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. There is always going to be a point of diminishing returns. Right. Right? And it doesn't matter the sport. Because in order to stay at a high level, the risk is so high, no matter the sport, that you have to give up something mm -hmm. in order to stay at that level. Right. So for some of those professional athletes, it's family. There's a sacrifice of family. There's a sacrifice of health, as you and I talked about. Yeah, you're winning, but this person over here has had ACL surgery, knee surgery. Five years from now, after they retire, they're gonna have to replace both of their hips. When they're 15, 20 years from now, they might be walking with a cane. Right. But they were really badass at their sport when they were 42. Right. And I say this because if we could all see what our life was going to be like 20 years from now, mm -hmm. how would we change the decisions we make right now? Exactly. Yes. For me personally, watching my grandparents age and seeing them not be able to sit down and stand up on their own, mm -hmm. that's, that's really big. Yeah. Like that's a big goal. And I know you have witnessed family as well yep. go through some really hard health problems and all you can think about is, man, I really don't want to do that. Yes, exactly. Yep. And it's a very real possibility for all of us if we don't realize that where all of this starts is in our 30s and 40s. Yes, definitely. Like I said, potentially in your 20s, but we're all too stupid in our 20s. <laughs> yeah, they're not going to listen anyway. <laughs> yeah, they're not going to listen anyway. Everybody in their 20s knows what they're doing anyway. <laughs> wait, wait until you're 42 and you're like, oh, wait a second, I know nothing. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's so start funny. over with I know nothing. <laughs> So movement for longevity yes, far different than movement for sport. And yes. 
as I was talking, as you mentioned, pressure. Yes. Right. So we would come into the gym and I can tell you, I can still tell you what all of my lifts were. I can tell you what my workout times were Yeah. on different workouts. And that feeling that you get when it's like the last time I did this workout, I did it in two minutes and 17 seconds. Good old Fran. How did you know? <laughs> no, everybody loves her. Love her. <laughs> the just thinking about what I would have to do to beat that time. Oh, that's painful. <laughs> yes. 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 That is exactly it. Right. And if I'm not training to compete anymore, and I'm doing this for my health. Yeah. In order for me to beat that time, I'm gonna have to put myself into a deep, dark cave. Yeah, right. And for those people that have been into deep, dark caves mentally, it's it's not a good feeling Yeah, coming out of the deep, dark cave. <laughs> like when you're in it, you really don't feel anything. Yes. <laughs> but as you come out of it and you're rolling on the floor and if people understood what that does to our body mm-hmm. on multiple levels, let's let's just skip muscles, joints, connective tissue, we'll, we'll ignore all of that. We'll talk about hormones. Yeah. Like diving into that deep, dark, painful cave every single day. And by the way, if none of you have ever seen Jen do bar facing burpees. <laughs> My favorite. <laughs> it's like watching poetry in motion. However, it comes to a point where you're like, I'm pretty sure Jen's going to die. <laughs> This is, this is where Jen dies. Somebody needs to have an AED ready because you literally have, when you're in competitive mode and I used to love to watch you do this because I'm like, I don't even know how she's able to even walk right now, much less continue to do burpees or cleans or bar muscle ups or whatever. Yeah. Just the look on your face was, (laughs) yes, I'm not a very pretty competitor. Painful. Yeah. But when you're, when you have the heart of a competitor, that's what it takes. Yeah. Right. It's like, I will like cut off a leg Yes. to win this thing. <laughs> yes. Right. However, as you said, continuing to do that day in and day out, yeah, it will wreak havoc on not yes. just tissues. Right. You know, we, there's hormonal things to take into account there too. Yes. And I noticed, um, the past couple months that my resting heart rate has completely changed um, from years. So for years and years, well, since I've been looking at it, um, many years when we were competitively crossfitting, um, it was high on, like you would think that I was a couch potato, um, what it was. And I just thought that was my personal resting heart rate. But now it's gone down like at least four beats um, on a consistent basis. So four it's like- Four beats a minute, a lot. Yes, and so I'm like, oh, okay, maybe something is, it was needed or the change is actually making a difference. Yeah. You know what I mean? So- What was your resting heart rate? It was like 60 to 62 okay. consistently. And, but now it's like 56 to 58 in nice. that range. Yeah. And so four beats a minute on a heart rate, that's- that's a really yeah. big deal. Yeah. Which I mean, oh. think about how many minutes there are in a day. Yes. Do the math on that. Exactly. That's mm-hmm. 
as my Paul would say, you're saving your heart rate, your heartbeats. <laughs> there you go. The less heartbeats you have, the longer you're going to live. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So um, that it was always a little concerning of me for me. I mean, but I just ignored it. Again, it was the risk versus reward thing um, that I've been talking to my competitive gymnast daughter about recently. Um, how much do you want to put yourself through versus the reward that you get from your sport? So, um, yeah. And so depending on what you want to do. Yeah. And speaking of your amazing children, you have three daughters. Yes. <laughs> you have the youngest is Bria Rose, who yes. is an unbelievable gymnast. Thank you. Who is basically dominating the state of Florida right now. Yeah, she's second in Florida, which is amazing. At the state meet, she came she's second. Amazing. 13? Yes, 13. Yes, I got that right. <laughs> Level 8 gymnast, yeah. Then we have the middle child, Maria. Maria. Who is a pilot in the Air Force. Yes, yeah, she's actually not the pilot. She took pilot lessons, but she is a combat, uh, combat support officer. Oh, fantastic. So she will, be, yeah, in the Air Force. So she will be in the plane, but not flying it. She'll be in charge of the mission of the plane. <laughs> and then Victoria, have, yes, will be flying. We have the oldest one, Victoria, who is pilot. Yes, in the Air Force. In the Air Force. Yep. Three unbelievably successful daughters that you, there's no way that you could be even any more proud. <laughs> Thank you, yes, because I'm very proud of them. <laughs> I'll say, I'm proud of them, and they're not even mine. <laughs> That's so nice. But it's been great because we've, especially Maria, who who worked out with us for so long. Yes. You know, we feel like we are a part of your family. Yes, you are. Absolutely. And to see them literally, to be with people long enough that you've seen their children grow. Yes. Into extremely successful adults is really cool. Yes. It's a real gift to have been part of the Farron family, literally. And, um, yeah, and... Maria, I know Maria is very, very grateful um, for her experience here, and she still feels a part of this place. And uh, yeah, she shadowed, uh, like interned as a CrossFit coach when she was in college, so that was cool. That's awesome. <laughs> and um, yeah, so it's it's really great to grow together. Absolutely. And you know, what I think is even more cool is that they have a mom who can guide them through their life, whether it's competitiveness, right. whether it's health and longevity, like you have so much perspective that you can give them because you've been a competitive athlete at multiple sports. Right. You have been a coach. You've dealt with people. You've dealt with hard situations. You've dealt with hard things in your life. I mean, you have been through a ton of things. Yeah. So this is my message to your three daughters, <laughs> that if they ever don't take your advice. Oh, that's awesome. Keep talking, Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to step in and be like, guys, like your mom, she knows her shit. Like, oh, yeah. listen you. to her. That's so nice. She's been through a lot, and you are absolutely incredible to have as a friend, have as a coach on our team. You guys, too. Have as an athlete in our gym. Yeah, it's an honor. It really is an honor to be part of Ferrum, and you guys are just amazing. And I, I feel so empowered by each of you guys, and um, like the team and and the members. I just you bring me um, not just like encouragement and yay, but like like I can conquer the world. So 
it's my happy place. Oh, that's Aram awesome. is my happy place. <laughs> well, on that note, thank you for speaking with me today. Yes. So thank I know you you're on social media. Yeah, uh, Facebook. <laughs> Facebook. Do you know your Facebook? Uh, Jennifer Cannon. Yeah. I don't. I didn't use my maiden name, so. Well, look at you, Jennifer Cannon. Man, that's such a tough one to remember. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, Jen, thank you for joining me today. Thank you so much for having me. And well, it was an honor. <laughs>